This is Nursing in America. Each week we speak with incredible nurses who have taken the leap to start a new life in the United States. If you're thinking about doing the same, then this is the place you'll find all the insider knowledge and inspirational success stories to realize your own American dream. This is the second part of a two-part episode, so make sure you go back and listen to part one first. How long does it take for us to start working on the floor and get paid our salary? Anna, how long did it take you? Well, I got paid on my first day when I arrived. Um, I arrived April 11, April 16 in New York, April 20. I was working uh, for two weeks. I got my paycheck. I never have no issue with my social security. Even when I was on orientation, you're still going to get paid. And uh, on your training day, you have a classroom, then a uh, clinical, you're going to get paid on upwards two weeks. Provided you have a whole social security. Right. Okay. So, yeah. So, you had to get your social security. And how long did it take you to get your social security number? Uh, when I arrived, I arrived up for a day. Ooh, uh, I never had, it was seven years ago. Oh, There's no pandemic. Oh, <laughs> so, when, it, when I came pandemic. here, yeah. yeah we're seven we're seeing an average of about six to eight weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Six to eight weeks. Yeah. It's, yeah. And, and that's if they didn't spell somebody's name wrong or put something incorrectly, where it's mm-hmm. that's a really scary situation. Yeah, mm-hmm. unfortunately, there's a social security is is definitely a, um, a big uh, barrier to because there's a lot of things mm-hmm. you can't do until you get your social security. Blair, mm-hmm. can you maybe share with everybody what the social security number actually is? Um, it's just it's your identification number into the it. it is your access point into so many aspects of America, of your personal identity, of your banking system, of getting paid. Um, we work very little with the social security numbers because we don't require them for our, our products and services. Um, once you get them, we do update them in the system. However, um, you don't need your social security number to take advantage of our products. So um, James would probably be able to say a lot more than I would on that aspect because we don't we don't deal with them. We don't ask you for it um, until you get it and you provide it to us. But it doesn't prohibit you from taking advantage of any of our financial assistance. And that's an amazing benefit. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a vital number and an important number. That's a really amazing benefit. Yes. So, um, Lisa, do you want to share with everybody where what your status is in terms of Social Security right now? Because you've been in the country. What is it? About two weeks, right? Oh, less than two weeks. Today less than two is weeks. the third, uh, 13th day I'm here. Um, <laughs> yes, it should mm-hmm. be. But who's counting? I'm in today my Social Security number. And it comes like um, in two days I have a meeting with the hospital to get the number. And the problem is I am waiting for the this uh, social security number to make the endorsement in North Dakota. So it's something that happening, you know. But I'm enjoying the, play, the time I'm here. I'm looking for the places in the city. I'm enjoying the food, the markets. The supermarkets are amazing. They, they are everything we need. And I love to cook. So I'm enjoying this time. It's a time to have with my family because we are going to start to work like hard. So I mm-hmm. like 
worried and concerned about getting the social security number actually to be honest you're okay being not working for a little bit longer then the chance to enjoy the country is my first time in the u.s i never have been here before okay and was it what you thought it was going to be like much better much better i am amazing I was scared about the weather because I come from Brazil, a tropical country. It's lovely. Of course, I'm not living here for 10, 20 years. I like the people. I'm not struggling. But I didn't feel like cold at home. It seems like we are in the normal weather in my country. It's not uh, cold at all. Outside, if you dress like the proper cloth, you don't feel trouble with the weather. So it's everything beautiful. The landscape is amazing. The people are kind. I'm in love. I'm much better than I ever thought in my life. That makes me so happy. Yeah. <laughs> to hear you. I, I can cry when you say that because we know what it is, this journey to get to the yeah. United States. So yeah, I'm so oh, happy yeah. that it's it it's really been such a wonderful fun. experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So I, I think the main message though with the social security number, um, and it really is that step number one when you arrive in the United States, there are two ways of obtaining a social security number. So just for everybody to bear in mind. One is you can either apply for it at the DS-260 stage of your uh, consular mm -hmm. green card process. Um, and that is where if, you, if you've done that, then you just wait basically to receive it. The second way is not to apply at the DS-260 stage and apply when you arrive in the United States. And in a, a, a normal world, pre-pandemic, that was taking roughly about one to two weeks. But as James says, unfortunately, with the pandemic, that time has lengthened. And I think that's really just, you know, with the Lafora talk show, it's a, it's a matter of setting the expectations right. Because if you know, mm -hmm. um, like Lisa, that it's, it's going to take a while for you to get it, and then you can only do your, your um, license endorsement in that particular state once you've got Social Security, at least you know what to expect. I think a lot of stress mm -hmm. comes when you don't know what to expect. Um, so at least that gives some clarity. Okay, I'd like to dig a little bit deeper now into the financial side. Um, mm -hmm. I know we spoke about, uh, you know, the, um, um, you know, the 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 way that Advanced Shield, the, the the structure that Advanced Shield offers, and um, Blair on the, um, you know, the bank account and the car loan and and uh, opening, a, you know, getting a credit card. Can you talk us through a little bit more about that so that people can really understand the advantage? Because Advanced has got, there are other banks that offer great programs, but I think Advanced has a, a particularly great program. Yeah, absolutely. There are, you know, we have competitors that offer similar programs. One of the best things that I can say about um, our structure is so Americans don't even understand the U.S. banking system. So it's for me to explain it to you in a, a short time frame. I mean, credit scoring in itself is just a whole nother world. But the specifics, um, we have banks and we have credit unions. So it's all about the ownership structure. Uh, banks are not for profit. They're owned and operated by a board as to where a credit union, they are um, nonprofit. So any profit goes paid out in dividends to the members, lower rates. Um, and we have less regulations than your standard traditional financial institution. So with that being said, um, we belong to a network. So Advantial only has so many physical brick and mortar locations around the United States. However, we are partners in a co-op 
where you can um, type in the zip code of where you're moving to or where your hospital is or where your apartment is. And you will find one of our partner institutions within a 5, 10, 15 mile radius. Um, And in bigger cities, there are a ton where you can actually physically walk in and do a business like you would in one of our branches. So in, you know, the day of the pandemic and modern technology, it's great to be able to do everything on the app or on a computer. But, you know, sometimes you need to actually go in and and do something in person. So our partner institutions and our co-op make that possible. Um, Not every credit union or financial institution is um, a member of that. Your, Your traditional banks, you have to go into your specific banks, brick and mortar. So um, it just allows us to access you guys, whether you're in North Dakota or New York or, you know, Tennessee, wherever you are. Um, Another great thing is, like James said, it's very rare that financial institutions don't require a social security number. Um, Our program is designed to benefit you and help you before you get here. Um, As long as you have your visa, your offer letter and your ID, um, essentially, you know, you send that in. Uh, we process it. We get your savings account open. That way you have a place to put um, money, whether it's a little or a larger sum, um, to wire that money, to have it waiting for you when you get here. That way you can contact us or visit a partner institution and withdraw that money if you would need cash. Um once you're here, we can go ahead and issue out your debit card, which connects to your checking account. We can set up the direct deposit so that your money that you're getting from your employer is going directly into your bank account. Um, everything can be, you know, automatic draft. Um, and the scariest thing and the, the response that I've heard most from the nurses is that it's a scary thing to come to another country with, you know, a lot of cash and not knowing um, if you're going to be able to pay for this or pay for that. When you have children, I mean, the expenses are outrageous. So um, when you're guaranteed to be able to get a credit limit, which is phenomenal, if you would speak to any natural born American, some don't qualify for the limit that we're able to give to you guys. Um, So whenever you're guaranteed right off the bat to get that line of credit and to get that auto loan for that specific amount, um, it opens a lot of doors for you to not only be able to commute and travel, but to have access to um, charge things or purchase things that you may not have been able to purchase with the cash that you came over with. Um, It's a very scary limbo to be in when you first get here. So like I said, my biggest recommendation is to get everything set up and squared away before you get here. That way it's one less waiting period because When you apply for membership with us, it takes about 24 to 48 hours for the membership to be opened. Then it'll take another, um, you know, however many hours to wire that money and then to get there to access it. If all of that's already done before you get here, it takes, you know, a solid two to three days off of your waiting period. Yeah. So that's huge because it can really give you peace of mind to have that in those first few days or weeks before you start working. In, in some states, as we said, like Elisa in, in North Dakota, you've got to get your North Dakota endorsement. You only get can do that once you've got Social Security. There can be delays on Social Security. So it can be incredibly stressful from a financial perspective, especially if you have family, if you don't have that line of credit. So this is very valuable information that we're sharing today. Um, one thing that we touched on that I want to just 
talk about a little bit more is credit um, and building your credit history. Anna, before you came here, did you know what credit was? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. It, it is all. A, I have no idea. I have relatives in California, but they never heard anything about it. But you have to build a present. I was like, so when I was three now, I was like, how will you build a present? Does it mean you always have to owe? So you can no idea at all. That's another um, thing that I wish I knew seven years ago. Okay, so this is a very important piece of information. Lisa, did you know about credit before you came here? Yes, I did. Uh, it's something that we talk a lot in the WhatsApp group with my other friends mm -hmm. who are nurses. And my husband also, he researched a lot about this. I left for him like this uh, part of the job, you know. And yeah, we have a good idea about the credit score here. We came prepared to, to use our finances and positively and like create a good score. So James and... If, if a nurse purchases a car through international autosource, does that affect the credit in any way, good or bad, or, or not at all? Well, it's important that you pay. The, okay. You have to pay the <laughs> bank the loan. Um, mm -hmm. So there's two different ways. You're going to have a situation where it could affect your credit in a situation of debt-to-income ratio. So the amount of your monthly investment versus the, your, your monthly earnings. So they, they consider those things as they give you more credit. So as, you know, you go for maybe purchasing a home or purchasing another item, they'll start to look at it and say, okay, your debt to income ratio is getting to a higher percentage. You might have to pay. And this one's, as Blair was mentioning, you'll never understand the credit situations in the US. They might charge you a higher rate, making your payment more and making it harder for your debt to income ratio, which I still don't understand today, but really just the understanding of protecting themselves against any kind of risk of, of that. Okay. So having a car loan is an important piece of credit, uh, I would say probably 99% of people have car loans or some type of car lease or something in the U.S. if they didn't purchase their vehicle for cash. Uh, so it's something that's expected to be on your credit report. Uh, and it's very important to ensure that you're paying that loan in a timely manner. It's, uh, you know, they, they they're any kind of uh, blip on your credit report can affect 20, 30 points, which can be a massive drop uh, going from 700 to 670, which would affect anything as far as getting a mortgage interest rates, credit cards, reduction in credit limits. It's uh, it's very important to make sure that you maintain that on a monthly basis every single month. Okay, so really important tips and pointers, good advice there from the panel. We'll be back with the conversation in just a second. There's a wonderful opportunity for you. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses from all over the world to work in healthcare facilities here in the USA. If you are interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com slash application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. On with the show. Blair, I know we did a whole show on credit, but if you can maybe sum up, what is your best advice um, from a financial perspective for nurses that are coming to the United States in their first 30 days and how to tackle credit? The whole credit, credit is my absolute favorite thing in the world to talk about <laughs> makes me really really fun um socially but my number one piece of advice is do not try to understand the credit scoring system right off the bat 
um, you're going to come here. And there, there's no such thing as being born into good credit. Um, oh. Everybody starts at the same playing field. Um, so whenever you're a natural born American, we say, you know, start establishing credit early, finance a computer, finance this, you know, yeah. build credit because you need you you need credit. But there's a huge difference between good credit and bad credit. And it takes one late payment to ruin your credit, mm -hmm. but seven years of good payments to bring it back up. So my biggest thing is any type of debt that you're, you know, taking on. So this auto loan for us, our limit's 25,000. If you get a vehicle for $25,000 tax title and license, and you're ready to go, make sure you make that payment every time. If you have to separate it, and this is one of my biggest things, if your pay, if your auto loan payment is $500 a month, take split it in half, however many times you get paid and pay it then, mm -hmm. um, add maybe $5 to it. So do like $255, $260. And over time, that goes to your principal. So you're able to pay it off quicker. You can save on interest. Um, take advantage of programs that if you do automatic withdrawal, uh, we take off mm -hmm. a extra half a percent off of your um, interest rate. Um, essentially, a credit score is is what the U.S. banking system gives you that shows your likeliness to pay something within a reasonable time. There's uh, a dozen factors that go into your credit score, but the biggest one that has the biggest impact is the timeliness of your payments. So as, as long as you make sure that you're making these payments on time and making um, the accurate payments, even if it's the minimum payment, you should be in a really good place. Um, like I said, one little mistake takes seven years to come off of your, your credit report, which then affects your credit score. Um, everything you purchased that you finance will, they will take a look at your credit score and your debt to income ratio. Um, you know, we see it at times where somebody may have a terrible credit score, but they have a very healthy debt to income ratio. So they're able to, you know, get by. And then we see people who have awful debt to income ratios that have great credit scores. Um, you want to be a happy medium. You want to keep a healthy debt to income ratio and you want to keep a healthy credit score because that'll give you healthy um, rates and APRs and it'll make your lifestyle much more affordable. Um, but coming into little or, or no credit in your shoes, um, the biggest thing is you want to work hard to establish that credit. And the easiest way to do that is to make those payments on time. Yeah. And, and to educate yourself about yes. what that's mm -hmm. all about. Yes. So still under the, the finance umbrella, the, the finance topic, just talking a little bit about budgeting. And mm -hmm. um, because for many international nurses, as we now know, they're going to have to come in, they're going to have to get social security. They're going to have to um, get uh, the license endorsement in some states might not be able to do that before they arrive. So these get, there might be a delay and sometimes some longer than others in getting to start working. Mm -hmm. Anna, what would you say is the biggest mistake that you see nurses make in terms of budgeting in those first 30 days? The biggest mistake will be converting your money <laughs> Dollar for your country. <laughs> like, oh, this is so expensive. Oh, this is cheap. And uh, when I was new, I, that will be my uh, biggest mistake. I always convert my the dollar amount into peso. So I some some stuff I was not able to budget it in the right way. I'm always short on my first few few days. Especially when my, my husband and my daughter arrived from California. 
And I realized like, hey, Anna, wake up. You're now in the US, you're paying dollar, you're earning dollar. <laughs> so it's not a big money. Because in my mind, oh, I have this X amount of dollar. It's big back home, but I'm not back home anymore. So I made a lot of mistakes with that. I am the budget, like the rent, the bill, the Wi-Fi, the water, the heating. I really know you have to pay to be, to be here, you know? So that was the biggest mistake. Stop converting your, your money from where you're from to U.S. You have to pay, you're in the U.S., you're earning dollar, you're going to pay dollar, and it is what it is. So. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I think that's, it's kind of like a mindset and getting your mind mm-hmm. around that, that different change. Elisa, you've just arrived, so it's, it's probably not a fair question to ask you about budgeting. Blair, and from the financial, broad financial perspective, what would you say is your best advice from a budgeting perspective? You've seen a lot of nurses come into the United States. Understanding the conversion is a huge, a huge <laughs> thing. It's it's very different. I didn't even understand the difference um, until I started, you know, doing this more in depth. Um, another thing, and I mentioned this in a in a conversation with one of our client groups, and some of the people were like, "I don't understand that expression," and it, I think it was a cultural thing. And I was like, "Okay, let me think of how I can put it that you would understand." Keeping up with the Joneses, but we've now rebranded right. it to Keeping Up with the Kardashians because everybody knows. Oh, you know, that's a good one. Make sure you're keeping up with the Kardashians. You're not keeping up with. Do the Kardashians. not keep up with the Kardashians. You're not coming to the U.S. as a Kardashian. Yeah. Um, things cost, and the cost is it's drastic. It's geographical, but the amount of money that things cost, um, people have have mm-hmm. no idea that physical drawdown of a dollar. So make sure you're living within your means. Make sure that um, you're prioritizing, you know, uh, Wi-Fi, all of these things. Yes, obviously you need the basic living needs, but identify what is a need and what is a want, uh, what is, you know, a priority, what is a necessity, what is a luxury, and um, make sure that your hard-earned money is going to paying the necessities. Um and leaving the luxuries for um, bonuses or given time because nobody's going to come here and um, be able to afford, you know, that lifestyle and all the bells and whistles of what a lot of people believe is the American dream. Um, it takes time. So that was our biggest takeaway was, yeah, don't don't keep up with the Kardashians. <laughs> and, you know, from immigrant. We are expecting to send money back home for mm-hmm. family. So uh, during the first few months, it was hard because while budgeting, while taking care of your own family here in the U.S., you have to remember that you also have a family back home. And they are your number one priority. That's why you aim to come in the U.S. So you're right, Abel. It takes time. So priority mm-hmm. needs one. You're right. Yeah. So, and, and I love also, Blair, where you, you were saying, I mean, Anna's correct, right, it takes time, but I, I really like where you said there, think of like, what is a need and what is a want? Yeah. Um, because that's kind of a good distinguisher because you come into the US and you see lots of very attractive, shiny objects. Bad. That you see that <laughs> we are a consumer-driven society. Yeah. Um, everybody wants this and that. You're going to see the advertisements. You're going to see yeah. it. America is a consumer-driven society. Um, you have to put that in the back 
in the back of your mind and focus on on your main goal. Um, don't give in to, you know, the shiny lights and, and the beautiful picture. Um, it'll come. Keep the expenses low. Yes. And be very careful. You start to look at buying those new glitzy things and you do have your social security number. These stores will push credit on you. So they will push store cards and they will push those things on you. James and I, wait, this just brought me back. Sorry, I know where we're at. James and I, the last time we did something, we like both at the same exact time said, if any, any facility or anybody says, you know, no interest, no problem. Big problem. Big problem. Be aware of those. Um, Let the warning bells ring if you hear. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll pull you in with that, with the new furniture, new TV, new items like that. No, you go into your place and and then all of a sudden the next thing you know you have a full you know you have everything on credit now mm-hmm. you've over exceeded yeah. your credit and you now in a year all of that interest compounds and, and joins right onto that price if you don't pay it off it there's a lot of tricks mm-hmm. that they could yeah. use and Do not fall you know, for this game. yeah it's, it's not worth it and it's not worth the pressure just because somebody else like the Kardashians has something you don't have to have it right away the American dream takes time to build it's not given to mm-hmm. you it's not handed to you so. You, you're going to be able to build it. And you're going to be able to get everything you want. It's all it's all here for you. Just I, I think that's great advice. Yeah. Um, and really, really important because the last thing that you want is to get here. You work so hard to get here and then get all stressed out because you are over your head in terms of expenses. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. haven't had a chance to figure out what your budget's going to be and what your expenses are going to be. Um, and then everybody gets stressed out and, and that's not good. Yeah. And then it's not fun. And I mean, we have, we talk people out of expensive cars. Mm-hmm. Under five years old, we have to think about the daycare, which is very, very that expensive. Expen- that's expensive too. Absolutely. Yeah. Very expensive. yeah. But I think, you know, there are certain things like, you know, we haven't even spoken about most employers these days will give you like one month, two months, three months of initial housing. So you don't have to worry about that initially, but there are going to be, you know, it's going to be a time when you are going to have to pay for your own housing. So you got to find that. You're going to have to pay for childcare. Mm-hmm. You've got to find that out. You've got to look at schools if your children are school going age. So there's a lot of things to consider. And I think keeping your expenses low is very, very good advice. Okay. James, one last question just on the transportation sure. side, kind of under the idea of the finances. Is it better to buy a brand new car if somebody doesn't know anything about cars? Can you maybe talk through buying a car and how much they should spend on a car, especially looking at it from the perspective of being here in the first 30 days or so. Well, here's what I can promise you. I've been selling cars or working in the car business for 22 years, and I don't know anything about cars. (laughs) Not a thing. Okay. I just know that they're going to get me from point A to point B. That's Mm -hmm. really what I'm focused on and and sometimes point C. Um, So the idea really is there's two different schools of thought there that if you buy a pre-owned vehicle within a, maybe about two or three year period, as long as you purchase an extended warranty that would cover that car, that's an option for you, uh, especially if you don't know about vehicles. When purchasing a new car, the new car automatically comes with either a three-year 36,000-mile warranty or a five-year 60,000-mile warranty. So you have that protection uh, You know, if there was any kind of challenge or any kind of issues with the vehicles that the vehicle will be repaired because that would be another concern that you would have to have that if you purchase a vehicle that was too old and then there was a challenge mm-hmm. with the car that's another hidden expense where you know something like replacing brakes or replacing a transmission transmission can be almost two thousand dollars 
And if you don't have that ready, that's not something that typically you can finance. Uh, right now, the market as it exists today is a very, very challenging market. It's challenging in the sense that people who are purchasing used cars today, they're going to be in a lot of trouble in a couple of years because these used cars are going to drop in value once the vehicle manufacturers start building cars again. Um, you know, we're at a point where microchips are delayed and they're preventing cars mm -hmm. from being built. I don't know how many people pay attention to the news or to autos, but uh, Audi Volkswagen just had a boat sink in the Atlantic Ocean. It was $300 million worth of inventory. Oh, wow. That That's wow. going to the value of, of cars. It's going to create an issue where they can't build enough cars. So now cars are worth more. But the thing about a car is it depreciates. And in time, it will depreciate. It's a depreciating item. And in the sense of a used car, right now you're paying almost a price of a new car. In three years or four years, that vehicle will depreciate much faster than a new car. That's today. That's today's market and how it exists today. And it's most likely going to be like this for probably about the next year that we're going to be in this situation. Uh, it's a very, very unfortunate situation and a very difficult situation to manage uh, for any kind of person who's out there. For even us, again, as Americans, lease returns that are coming back. People aren't, aren't returning their leases. They're keeping them because the market prices are too high. Uh, so th there's a lot of different challenges. So the easy answer, because it was a very long-winded one, but the easy answer for that for that question would be, right now, it's probably better to buy a new car than it is to buy a used car because of the challenge that you'll have in a few years with that used car value dropping. Hmm. That would okay. be the challenge. Okay, so that's really interesting information, up-to-date information. Obviously, you know, there are choices when you come to the United States and transportation is a critical aspect, especially in those first 30 days. If you're going to use get a used car or get a you know, pre-owned car or a new car, that is something that would be at your choice and your discretion. But that's where we're so grateful to the panel for sharing advice, sharing up-to-date information. We have so much more to discuss, but we are out of time. So thank you to everybody on the panel who shared your experience, shared your advice, shared your pointers, shared your tips. So helpful for any nurse to bear in mind when they are coming to the United States and how to prepare for those first 30 days. Any last advice, Anna, that you want to give everybody who's watching about for the first 30 days? Okay, so um, I'm a very, uh, uh, I always think our organary friends from the Philippines it's not easy, but it's all worth it. We make companies that will help you with your own research. You can make it work and will not give up and have a faith in yourself. America is not perfect, but America is the best thing that ever happened to my life and my family. So That's come all. on here, come on here and get your class done. Okay, there you go. Awesome. Those, those are great words from Anna. And we're going to finish off now. And for any nurse who has not yet uh, written your NCLEX, written your IELTS exam, now is the time to do it. And then you can be like Elisa and Anna and, um, you know, can be living your American dream, especially with the help mm -hmm. of experts like James and Blair. Thank okay. you, everybody. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed the episode, go ahead and hit the follow button on your podcast player and leave us a review. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses from all over the world to work here in the USA. We offer direct hire, 
meaning you will be sponsored and hired directly by American healthcare facilities. If you're interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for more incredible conversations.